team at My Mortgage are all about making it easy to buy your first home. So we've put together some conversations where Claire and Greg talk about the process and share some of our top tips to help you on your journey. Kia ora team and welcome to the My Mortgage podcast. It's Greg and Claire here. Hello. Today we're going to talk about all the wonderful people that you need to surround yourself with to provide a team to make buying your first home easy. So we're going to start off today with us because of course, but actually largely talk a little bit about what we do because a lot of people actually don't know, do Mm, they Greg? No, that's right. So in terms of professionals, um, so as a mortgage advisor, both Claire and I, people will say, why would I want to use a mortgage advisor? I could just go to my bank. So the main reasons is independent advice. And we don't work for a bank. We like the banks at times, but we don't work for them. We work for you. Uh, we work for our clients that we work with. So our advice is always independent. We don't care which bank you end up with. We just want you to have the right situation, the right bank, the right structure, um, and to get you the right end result. And then as a part of that, we're free to use. We don't we don't charge anything. We get the same interest rates you get at the bank. We get the same sometimes cash, better. Sometimes better. We get the same cash back, sometimes better, than you can get in the bank as well. So there's really no downside. And we can get, look across all of those options. So yeah. um, that's why you should always use a mortgage advisor whenever you're doing any kind of uh, lending. Yeah. And I think that independent advice also flows through into having multiple lenders. You know, eventually you might want to own multiple properties, having different options available to you depending on your life situation as well. Different with two professionals than it is with a family on one income with Mm. lots of equity. So very different policy bases. We've got really good knowledge and a great engine room in terms of our processing team. They're amazing. We get stuff done really quickly. I mean, we love working with people as well. So, yeah, that's sort of why you should use us. Anyway, enough (laughs) enough about uh, mortgage advisors. So next one is a solicitor or lawyer. So why do we need a solicitor or a lawyer? Well, they're going to look through any sale and purchase agreement that you are looking at buying, uh, that you're going to sign. They'll also give you really good advice around some of the risks associated with it. They're going to deal with the banks from right at the end of the process when it's, hey, I'm actually getting you the money, that money's going to go into the their trust account. They're going to be registering a mortgage over your house, basically saying that the bank has the ability to sell your house if you don't pay your your home loan. And um, they're also just really helpful in terms of helping to solve problems if they're really Mm. good. Um, Because there'll be things that pop up, you know, hey, after we've signed our sale and purchase agreement, uh, we've found there's a issue with something on the property. We want to get a price reduction. A good solicitor is going to be, you know, worth their weight in gold there. They're going to help get your KiwiSaver out if you are looking to use your KiwiSaver to buy your first property, all those sorts of things. So having a really good solicitor who you are comfortable with, that you can sit down with, have like, they say things in real terms. Mm, Um, That's key. And sometimes, you know, some people go, oh, well, the really small firms are good because they do this. And other people go, well, the big firms are good because they can get through lots of work and all those sorts of stuff. It actually doesn't matter on the size of the firm. It doesn't matter too much on their age either. Like we find some really good young solicitors. We do find some really great older solicitors as well. It's more about their personality um, and how they approach property conveyancing. Yeah, absolutely. And one question I get a lot is, where do I pay the bank my deposit? So actually the lawyer is the person who collects the money. So they will collect your KiwiSaver, they might collect the Homestart grant or the first home grant, sorry, and the money from the bank. So 
they are also the central point of the transaction. So on the day when the property's changing hands, they manage all of that as well. Clear, next person is an accountant. Why would we need an accountant? And does mm. everybody need an accountant mm, when they're buying is, their first home? This is a really good question. So an accountant generally in this sense would be if you are self-employed. Generally, for self-employed people, particularly with first homes, we're looking for two years of financials with a relatively consistent net profit or income or IR3 bottom line. Um, So we might often have a chat with your accountant about what they might be projecting over time. If they're doing a really good job, they'll have those already. And we might also talk to them about any debt that you hold business-wise or commercial lending or anything else that might pop up. So they're a really important person if you're self-employed. They're also important if you've got a long-term plan perhaps to set up a property portfolio or you're wanting to keep business and personal interests separate as well. So they're definitely worth their weight in gold if we are looking to set up a bit of a plan for the future. And again, we yeah often form a pretty big part of the team. Cool. Uh, The next one is real estate agents. And obviously, when you're buying a property, 99% of the time, there will be a real estate agent involved. There might be a private sale that happens, a slightly different situation. That's where a lawyer, a solicitor becomes really important. Mm. Um, Because the real estate agents, they do actually, although there's a typical kind of real Mm. estate agent, and you know, what we think they are like, most real estate agents are awesome. They're actually great people who have really good integrity and want to do the best thing by both the seller and the buyer. Just always remember they do always work for the seller, the vendor, the person Mm. selling the property. You can often go and talk to a real estate agent and they'll become a buying agent. So they'll actually help you find properties, even though it might not be a property they're selling. Mm. Um, Different regions, different towns, they'll have agreements where if they bring a buyer to a property, they'll actually get some of the commission. So they will actually work on your behalf. And otherwise it might be you're just walking into an open home and you like that house and then that real estate agent is helping you out. In terms of what they'll do, they'll often draft up the sale and purchase agreement agreement for you. They'll ask you about what your conditions are, that sort of thing. And they'll do the negotiation back and forward with the person selling the house as well. Just like um, lots of the people in this, they want to get the deal done as well. They want to sell the house. So, you know, they have to disclose everything about the property. If they found something out halfway through, they have to tell you if there's a multi-offer, so other people are making offers, they need to tell you. And they're under pretty strict legislation now to do that properly. So having a good Mm -hmm. real estate agent, someone that you can talk to, someone that you trust is is pretty key, especially if they're a buying agent for you. Mm. There are a couple of other people that we might come up against as well. So a registered valuer comes to mind, but there's a couple of really important things to note here. So the first one is that generally a registered valuation is required definitely if you have less than a 20% deposit. But in some other situations as well, if the property is a little bit of a funny property for some reason, it might have a different type of title. It might have been subdivided recently. There's a host of other reasons we might need a registered valuer. It's a private sale if you're a- a private sale. Yep. yep, absolutely. But key thing with a registered valuer, can I ring my favourite valuer? No. So as of a few years ago, the banks have started uh, working directly with, there's two platforms, one's called CoreLogic, one's called Velocity, and valuers have to become accredited to those two systems. And if you're getting a valuation for a bank, it has to be through one of these platforms. So you can't just call the valuer from down the road, get him or her to come and value your property, and then provide that to 
the bank. We've had it happen before where people have done that and then they've had to pay for a second valuation because it has to go through this platform. And the silliest thing about it is it could actually be the same valuer that does the second valuation. So lots of valuers are part of these platforms, but it has to be ordered through that. So even if you're really early on in the process for a private sale or the property's a bit weird or you're trying to just figure out what the value is, give us a call. We can order that for you. You pay for it just like you would pay the valuer, but it has to go through those two systems. Yeah. And we don't make the rules, but... Uh, That's what we have to do. We have to follow said. them. said. Yeah. A couple of other people. So a building inspector might be quite useful to you. We recommend that any property that's not brand new has a qualified builder through it to have a look at all of the bits and pieces, really, the, the mm. roof, the under the floor, everything that might potentially have something a bit wrong with it. The builder needs to have a look and make sure that you're not buying a lemon, essentially. So we have a couple of building inspectors that we recommend. With some particular cladding types, sometimes a bank will ask for a weather tightness report, and that's a bit different from a building report, so something just to note. If you hear that word, there are some specialist weather tightness report providers in the Waikato. A really good building inspector will essentially give you some information about the risks, but they'll also kind of alleviate your fears too. So sometimes we'll have a situation where the report might say, oh, you know, the roof needs to be replaced within the next 12 months, and the client goes, oh my God, that's going to cost me 30 grand. But then on chatting with the builder, they say, hey, look, you know, it'd be great if it was done in 12 months, but it's not going to fall down. And that's the information that you need as well. So a good building inspector or a really good builder Mm. will be, invaluable and they are generally part of the conditions of your agreement. Usually a five to 10 day building clause is a good way to go. Just be uh, aware with those, if you've got it in your conditions, uh, in your sale and purchase agreement offer that you've made, and then you have a friend who's a builder, you're more than welcome to get them to look through the property and for you to go, cool, the property's good. However, if you then go, he goes through the, he or she goes through the property and says, look, you can't buy it. The vendor, the person selling the house can actually request to see the building report. And most builders won't give you a formal building report because they don't have the liability insurance for that. So if you then need to pull out of that contract because of the building report, you may then need to pay for a building report to pull out of the contract. So sometimes it's actually better to just pay the three or $400 to get the building report done if you want to make sure that it's good. Otherwise, get a mate to have a look around it. If he's happy, then you can say to your solicitor, yep, I've met that condition. I don't need to get a formal building report. But if you are going to pull out of it, you may be required to get a builder's report done. So just something to be aware of. Um, The last one is insurance. So whenever you buy a house, um, you don't have to have life and health insurance, although we always recommend it. Uh, We always think it's a really good idea to talk to an insurance expert about those. It's not what we do. So uh, it's not a sales pitch, but you do (laughs) need to, um, you should get that looked at. But in terms of the only insurance you have to have is house insurance. The bank wants to know if your house burns down or there's, you know, some other natural disaster that you have insurance to cover that. We always recommend getting independent insurance, not insurance through the bank. For us, it feels a little bit like a conflict of interest if they have the mortgage over your property plus also insurance. And we have a really great relationship with an insurance company called Initio. They are online. You can get a quote within about 10 seconds, literally type in the 
address of the property and it provides the quotes all online. They're great. So feel free to touch base with them, initio.co.nz, and they'll be able to give you the quote and then we can provide that to the bank. The bank will want to see that you have insurance from the date of your settlement before they will release all the funds to you. Yeah, and that goes for builds as well. So there'll be what we call builder's risk insurance throughout your build, but the full house insurance needs to be provided on settlement, something that sometimes people forget. So hopefully that covers off these fantastic professionals that we often work with and we're lucky to work with. If you're not sure about who to use for each of these things, Mm. please touch base with us. We've got a bank of incredible people that we work with and recommend. Um, So you can always send us an email and ask who we would recommend to use. But that covers us for the professionals today. Thanks, Greg. And until next time, we'll see you soon. See ya. Wherever you're at, you can get in touch with our friendly, easygoing team and get some advice tailored just for you. At My Mortgage, we never say no, only here's the plan. And we're happy to take the time to take you through the process and make it easy. My Mortgage, making home loans more fun and less boring since 2012.